but yeah dude so uh that's what we got going on in that front but um it's very cold <laughs> it's not cold it's just it's windy. windy yeah windy it's windy as dick out there man. because uh we went to um blueberry hill in the grange uh-huh. i'm sure you know it oh yeah who doesn't yeah so we went there and uh, it was fucking like what'd you get uber pa- i actually got a uh, eggs benedict California Eggs Benedict, which is pretty very good. Cool. They do the Florentine very well. They give you like that nice chunk of ham underneath. Do they? Okay. Stuff. Yeah. I'll, I'll make a note of that. Uh, right. Last last time I went there, I got the pork belly. Very good. Ooh, so, so you guys good. went for brunch then? Yeah. I mean, we always... <laughs> Don't mind that. <laughs> we always go for brunch, basically. But um, yeah, we had the pork belly last time. Pork belly with you eggs. You guys are nice and close, huh? What? To, to the Blueberry. Yeah, and then to LaGrange. We're right there. Um, and then... They also do... Uh, Captain Crunch French Toast. That's really good. No, they do not. Yeah, they do. You lying. No, I'm dead ass. I haven't seen that. Really? Maybe yeah. go a bit earlier. Huh. Because, well, I don't know if you're going for lunch or brunch because the menus get swapped out, I'm assuming. They do. So go go at like 9-ish next time, maybe 10. Hmm. I'm sure they'll have it on the menu. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know about that. But um, so, yeah, we went there. Like I said, it was super packed. A lot of people. Um, Always is. Yeah, well, this was like the worst I've ever seen it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Out the door type of shit? Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, went there at eight, and then my mom's got got to be moving soon. Uh, so uh, she took out this place in Brookfield. It was nice. It was cute. Brookfield's a good area. Yeah, um, and you got a burger antics right around the corner. Yeah, so uh, it's actually about seven minutes from here. Uh, so as far as my mom watching the baby is like super convenient because it was pretty convenient before. My mom was living in Lagrange. So it was pretty convenient, but now it's like uber convenient. And you could just walk the baby there. Yeah, we're not gonna do that. But yeah, <laughs> if we really wanted to, yeah, we could, I guess. But um, like I said, not really in the cards on that front. But um, yeah, so there's that. And then, um, like I said, me and John were like, well, let's go to Mariano's. We got some time to burn before you came over. And we literally got here at the perfect time. But um, so yeah, we went and like I said, we picked up some fufu ass cheese. I think uh, a food a foutine cheese we picked up. Uh, what else? What else? What else? A uh, Jarlsberg. Pick up cool. some Jarlsberg. Um and I picked up some sourdough bread. Sourdough is the shit. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. So Adriana wanted me to make chili tonight, but I said, Well, let's just fucking make some nice ass grilled cheese and call it an evening. And she's like, All right, cool. So we did that. Uh they had Freedom of Press there. Very cool. Yeah. Did you pick up a cold cast case? Yeah, I got it got a couple, got a couple, got a six pack uh of that, and then Adriana picked up a wine. It's dangerous over there, man. Really is they got a they got a whole bunch of stuff. It's it's dangerous business walking through their front door. Yeah, uh, that's one. <laughs> that's anyway, one. Yeah, the, <laughs> that's my you, one. You burned that one up real quick. The yeah. one in Naperville is two floors, and the second floor is like a nice little lounge area. We got Get they the, got all these TVs, and you could just bullshit. And Get relax. the fuck out of here. Yeah, I used to uh, I used to deliver to all the Marianos in the state, and that one was was like probably the biggest deliver. Yeah. What do you mean when? Where? What did you? I used to work for the. They're out of business now, but uh, I used to work for this place who did like vertical growing. And so they'd grow like a whole bunch of salads and shit like that. And so I'd go out to like all the Marianos in the area and I'd deliver like arugula, kale, like our pre-made salads, shit like that. And, um, you know, I just think it's kind of kind of wild how, how much power you have when you go into like somebody's stock room with a clipboard. Because like these Marianos people would be like, oh, are you doing okay? Can I get you a coffee? Or, <laughs> you know, man, I'm, like, I'm good. I'm just checking product, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, they, they thought I was some like auditor or whatever, but they'd be like, yeah, you know, you want a chair or this? I don't know. I'm, I'm good. I'm gonna be here for like five more minutes. So I'm gonna skedaddle, hop in my little sprinter van, and go to the next one. Cool. But yeah, man, you'd be surprised how many there are. I think. Yeah. I think because we we had it split between two drivers, and I did all the suburbs. He did all the city ones because I hate driving in the city. But I think I had, fuck, man, maybe like fourteen, fifteen Marianos at the time, and that was five, six years ago. Oh, okay. So oh, there's wow. definitely more now. Yeah, definitely. 
It's interesting. Naperville. I'm out there. Maybe maybe one day with me, Adrian, yeah, take a road trip. Yeah, trek out there. There's a lot of cool shit in Naperville, too. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so that's cool. But uh, so yeah, we went there, uh, did that, and then literally as we're like pulling in and we dropped the baby off in the room, you guys pull up. So I'm like, sweet. Good, Good timing. timing. Good timing. On my way there and on my way back and stuff like that, uh, I was actually jamming out my uh, 10 song set list for the week. Cool. I just did mine. Yeah. Uh, we went through that. I'm like, okay, I like it. I'm content with that. And uh, yeah, because I think... Uh, it's not just 10 songs that we like. It's like it has to have like a cohesion yeah. to it. You know what I mean? It has to make sense. So I think we're going to be in the same ballpark for this one too. I think so. I think because I think um, like the early to like mid part of their, cat- their catalog is very heavy. Not heavy, but like there's a lot of good shit in there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then like near the like the last couple of years, it's kind of tailed off a little like bit. From like 04 to like 2010, I'd say is, is like the, the sweet spot yeah. they used. I, I agree with that. And uh, like I said, kind of after that kind of w- waned off a little bit. I think that's when we fell off and. You know, people grow up and stuff, but yeah, do you the yeah. used? Uh, looking forward to that. So, you ready to rock and roll? Yep. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 107. 107. Yeah. It's a big number right there, man. Yeah, very big number. Can you believe like that we make it this far sometimes? I know we talked about it on the 100th episode, but do you really think that we would have still be doing this all this time later? I, I think we would have. I would have expected at least like 50, 60, but 100 was kind of like out of sight at that time. And we'll, we'll talk about what what's happened, not like a retrospective, but kind of music-wise mm-hmm. later on in the show. But yeah, man, 107 is a big chunk. Yeah. We covered a lot of things, a lot of news and shit like if that. If you think about it, Gabe, and I know I mentioned this previously, there's at least 100 hours of content of me and you talking on the internet somewhere. Yeah, probably when you add up all that loose change, I'd say probably like 120, give or take. Yeah. Because I think we've only had like a handful of short ones under an hour. Yeah. Like probably like five, yeah. yeah. Like big handfuls probably have the most. And all the other ones ever. go like an hour fifteen, give yeah. or take. I think the most we had was an hour forty-five one time. Yeah, man, we go on rants. Yeah, every days. Yeah, those are the rant days. But um, so yeah, like I said, we are back for one hundred and seven uh, on a cold, windy day on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. Sun's out, not too bad. Yeah, hoping it warms up. Yeah, um, I know. I know that. Um, I don't know if you wanted to bring this up later in the show. But I want to give a quick thank you to all, all our listeners over the last four years or whatever the hell we've done this podcast. We have finally, and I know a lot of people are probably scoffing at this, but we finally cracked 100,000, not 100,000, 10,000, 10,000, I'm sorry, 10,000 uh, total listens or downloads of the podcast. And like I said, not the greatest number in the world, but hey, man, it's a milestone and we hit it. It took us a little bit, but I'm proud of it. You got to keep on chugging. That's yeah. all it is. I'm proud of it no matter what. So uh, for anybody who's listened over the last couple of years, uh, we appreciate you and keep it coming and uh, we'll continue to crank out. Some quality stuff. How about that? Yeah, good promise, good promise. So uh, let's dive right into this agenda, man. Yeah, go ahead. I uh, So I put a little bit of notes on here. you have any idea what this could mean? I have no freaking okay. clue. So, all right, that's what I wanted. Um, so we had this week at work, we had our like uh, year in review or whatever you want to call it, where we kind of look at the last fiscal year and, you know, do our little meeting and stuff. And so the, the, the mentality going forward is that uh, 2019 is the year of this, right? This is the new year. And I thought it'd be a really good... Uh, like a like a hardcore band name and they're like yeah it's the year of execution and like you know uh, granted it's like it's supposed to be year of doing things but i was like yeah man that'd be a really good like like dirty east coast like band year of execution i can see you know? it definitely so i just thought that was pretty pretty fun i could see it on a banner in like philadelphia somewhere yeah like opening up for vanna back in the day yeah or like uh co-headlining with gideon or some uh, shit like that yeah, yeah, yeah man yeah. 
Good stuff. So I just thought that was kind of fun. Threw okay. it out there. Okay. So we actually got a shitload to talk about today. Where do you want to go? Top down, top up? Yeah, we just do what we normally do. Let's do All movies. right. Let's talk movies TV. Last night, me and my significant other saw How to Train Your Dragon 3. And? It was actually really good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, it has some downfalls that I think a lot of Disney movies, DreamWorks, Pixar, um, kind of your typical issues. And one of them was the villain. He was fun, but he wasn't anything special at the end of the day. Okay. Um, kind of a minor thing, because I, I wouldn't say you go into like How to Train Your Dragon for the villain. You know, you kind of go in to see Toothless, Hiccup, and all the other dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, some highlights. The new dragons all look really good. Uh, it's a pretty solid premise, and this is the last one, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, So are you familiar with this series? Have you seen any of them? Uh, I've seen the first two. Uh, we were actually going to try to see uh, the new one before the podcast, but we got busy. Uh, we were trying to see it last night or whatever, but it didn't really work out. But we still have the intentions to see it. Yeah, Very cool. Uh, I would say it's definitely worth the watch. Um, and I always feel like you ever, you ever get that sense of, like, I don't know, longing or sadness or whatever the fuck it may be after you finish something, whether it be a show a saga or movie trilogy, whatever it is, like like the conclusion of something, you know? You ever, you ever get that feeling? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and this... Uh, and Okay, so so this movie, this is the last of the movies. Okay. And, you know, you kind of want to know that going into it, but it, it's the end. And then for the credit reel, there's nothing, there's no post-credit or anything like that, but for the credit reel, they show, like, snippets and, like, scenes and paintings from the, all three movies. Okay. And it's just kind of, like, everything up to that point. And I don't know, man, I was feeling like... You know, I was feeling it. Okay. Solid film. You know who did a great job with that? And uh, because they also kind of did some kind of the same deal is the Rocky five. Now people have mixed feelings about Rocky five as far as the the movie itself, but it had a fantastic like end closing scene because it had, had like screenshots from all the movies prior, including the one at the end. And uh, the last like scene that you see is Rocky or his statue over the Philadelphia skyline. Um, that was like, a, yeah, that's kind of in the same kind of vein. I'd imagine. I don't know if you've ever seen the end of Rocky, but uh same ballpark, you know. Yeah, man, I think it's a movie worth checking out, and uh, it doesn't dis- it does not disappoint. Um, and that being said, my girlfriend got a. We went to Build a Bear. She got herself a toothless Build a Bear thing. Okay. She's really pleased with it. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah, man, I would say definitely worth the watch. And uh, is this the first movie I saw this year? It you might would, be. You might have to tell me that one. I don't know. Oh, I I think it is. I think it is for this year. Yeah. Well, we got a lot coming up, so. Very cool, very cool. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it because, like I said, it is something that I plan on getting to at some point in the coming weeks. But, uh, yep, moving along. Uh, So, I guess uh, Disney has made an announcement that they are planning on doing a TV show based on the Knights of Ren uh, for, you know, Kylo Ren and all his folks, whatever that means. Uh, Now, I feel like based on what we've seen in the, what's it called, the movies that has kind of diminished interest in the Knights of Ren, assuming that's what he murked. Uh, in the, in the well, last we, we can't confirm that yeah. those might just be Imperial Guards. Yeah, those were that was our speculation, but again, we don't like you said we can't really confirm that. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I know we have minimal interest in anything stars related at the moment, especially something that's just side related. But uh, I don't know. If that was something that was worth talking about. There's mentioning. a lot of kind of thoughts that I have about this kind of business tactic that Disney's doing with Star Wars specifically, because. Um, you know, we kind of covered how Star Wars has been in a fucking decline over the past couple of years. And this is the first year in a very long time. I think since all the years I was on the face of this earth that I'm not excited for a Star Wars property. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of unfortunate that it's come to this point where Star Wars has to prove itself again to yeah. me, you know? Okay. And um, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm probably going to probably gonna let it sit for a bit. But yeah. that being said, I don't think the premise is inherently bad. No. Because I think there's a lot of good mystery around the Knights of Ren. It's just 
you know, all about the execution and shit like that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It really depends on, uh, like, like you said, what what they do, what they talk about. Um, if it's something that we haven't seen before, I think that automatically piques my interest a little bit more. You know what I mean? But if it's kind of rehashing kind of the same kind of storylines that we've already been exposed to, you know, yeah. it has got to cover some new ground, I think, if it's going to interest me, like, supremely. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. No, I, I feel you. I feel you. It's just uh, we're, we're kind of in murky waters with Star Wars right now. And, I, man, I don't even know if I'm going to go to the midnight release this year. And that was, like, a big thing. Really? You're not sure? I'm not sure. Huh. I'm going to wait it out a bit. Yeah, you can sit, 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 sit on the sideline for a little bit. Yeah. Now, uh, this Star Wars that just came out was actually the first one I'd even seen in the opening day. Um, but that was like a logistics thing. <laughs> you know, but, even, but um, yeah, I feel you. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, we'll see when the time gets closer when we get a title and probably some trailers. But, I mean, it is, uh, what's his face from the seven? Abrams. Yeah, J.J. Abrams. There mm-hmm. we go. Jar Jar Abrams. Jar Jar Abrams. <laughs> the one to rule them all. Yeah. Um, that and I thought, well, I guess the nine just wrapped up principal photography. So that's good, I guess. Um, so we're probably going to get some shit in like the magazines soon the, enough. Yeah, give or take. Uh, probably be on weekly or entertainment weekly or whatever the fuck. Ooh, you know what I mean? But it is what it is. Um, yeah, vague interest at best. So I guess we'll see how, how that works out. Yeah, r- rough waters. Rough now, waters. this next one I'm going to slide down to the end of the list because uh, I want to talk about it for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Scream and Hellraiser. Um, the first Scream was a very good movie. It was kind of a, I don't want to call it parody, but it was a very like self-realizing yes. of everything that's in the horror industry at the moment. And it was like a fresh breath. It was a breath of fresh air from Wes Craven. Yep. Um, and I think it's kind of funny because... Craven is also responsible for one of those franchises being Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. countless spinoffs and shit like that, right? Absolutely. And so when this when this movie came out and when I saw it, I was like, it's there's some love about being self-realizing. Mm-hmm. And however, the other movie you put on here, Hellraiser, has not come to that point whatsoever yet. Yeah. So what news do you have for me? Well, apparently, two? I know you're going to, I already know, I could feel it. In my soul, what you're going to say about Don't this. tell me there's a versus movie. No, 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 no. Ah, no. damn it. That's what I wanted. <laughs> no, I think it's uh, I'm more referring to you reacting to this on the negative spectrum. Now, one of these needs a, needs a reboot. The other one doesn't. Scream does. Scream needs a reboot to you? So Hellraiser doesn't need a reboot. We Are you got, kidding me? There's 10 Hellraiser movies. We, we went the opposite route on this one. Scream does not need the reboot. Hellraiser needs the reboot. No. You are out your mind, they boy. They out a Hellraiser movie two years ago. What does that mean? <laughs> Jesus, bro. I Honestly, if, if we're going to be honest here, like 100% honest, both need to rest for at least a decade. There needs to be some time. Because, like I said, I, I think we're, we're opposite views on this because we're absolved into the opposite yeah. IP. Because you're definitely a Scream guy. Absolutely. And I'm definitely a Hellraiser guy. Yeah, you're probably right about that. I love Clive Barker and his work, but mm-hmm. dude, there's only so much you could do with Cenobites for 10 fucking movies straight. You know what I'm saying? No. I don't think Hellraiser needs a reboot. I think the OG Hellraiser, the first movie, I think it stands pretty well. It's very much like Alien in a lot of sense, where it's this whole mystery build-up thing and the blah, 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 and then the, you know, the crunch yeah. at the end. It's just that it's kind of been ruined and you know through through all the rest of the movies my opinion on hellraiser is that if you want to get into the series watch one three and five and then seven if you're feeling saucy i don't particularly glamorize seven but one gets you the story gets you all the background i think three was pretty solid that's the one where uh two is the one where they go inside the cube fuck that one um and then five (laughs) is like a more modern twist where it's like this corrupt cop and he finds the cube you know what what did hellraiser start what was the first one something find out for me real quick 
But yeah, man, why, why do you think? Uh, why do you think it needs a reboot? Just out of curiosity, I just think that because it's gotten. Uh, I, again, I, I'm not very familiar with the Hellraiser. Think it's like a bag of Tostinos that's been sitting out for like. Yeah, weeks. I think I think it might be time to maybe to wipe the slate clean on kind of the lore of it. 87. Okay, that makes sense. Like I think it might be time just to kind of wipe the slate clean on the whole, on the whole thing. Maybe try something new, go a different direction. Th- there needs to be more time in between, though. I I wouldn't be opposed to a reboot, remake, or whatever. But there needs to be more time. Like I said, we just cranked out another Hellraiser. Was it any good? All of six people saw it. I don't know. So you didn't see it? No, I didn't fucking see it. Okay. That's Maybe. my thing, though, because there's a point where these movies, there's just this line where, like, how much better can it get than number X in the trilogy or in the, in the saga, whatever you want to call it? Interesting. Now, I, I'm a firm believer that Scream, by the very nature of the film, if it were to get a reboot, it's like... Be- you became the very thing you just swore to destroy. You know what I mean? Well, didn't already do that through the spinoffs and sequels? Well, it did. Well, 4 kind of... I don't know if you... Have you seen 4? I have not touched 4, no. Scream 4 was actually pretty fucking good. Uh, kind of touched on the whole reboot, re, re you know, the whole rerun thing of it all. And they kind of made fun of it, like, you know, by proxy. I thought it was it's weird because they acknowledged that this new group of... The, the Scooby gang, this new group of kids, uh, you know, that they're like, this is this generation's Randy and this is this generation's Sydney, la la la. But basically the, the final line of the movie, I believe was Sydney saying, don't fuck with the original basically. And you know, those kids, I don't, again, I don't want to spoil it for you in any way, shape or form or anybody who hasn't seen it, but, uh, you'll see why. So it kind of made fun of the whole, the fact that everything was getting redone, remastered, redone, la la la. So a question to you, because I, I kind of have a, I have a pretty strong viewpoint on these kind of movies as a whole. Okay. Do you think that we're going to stop getting remakes, redos, and all that shit once that generation kind of dies out? The generation of filmmaker or the generation of people going the to see The generation it? that grew up with the OGs, like the first Friday the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Street, the Screams. You think it's going to die out? Or you think we're just going to keep getting them cranked out? I think... Because I can only imagine that it's the same group of people wanting to cash cow it well i think now because it's so hard to i mean a lot of these films are timeless right so like the ogs the first ones yeah like that that original um that original spook yeah the original grade of uh the golden age of you know slasher films the halloweens and texas chainsaw massacres and all that stuff you know yeah, what that, I mean? that's gotten that's gotten a reboot and some yeah sequels and oh man so it's friday the 13th they had a they, oh oh yeah no doubt there buddy yeah they, that probably has the most out of them yeah well, well there's a that and halloween they're probably neck and neck well halloween never got a and well i guess never, never mind yes it did <laughs> I, I guess i just erased the rob zombie ones out of my head i guess <laughs> <laughs> i think it's harder to count halloween because they're not numbered very nicely you well, have four movies called halloween in the fucking yeah, and they're going to have a three called Halloween 2 as well when the second one comes out. Oh, God. Think about it because... Right, th- can we not think about it? No. No, <laughs> I want to think about it. So think about it. So we have Halloween, right? Uh-huh. Halloween 2. Halloween. No, Halloween. And then the new Halloween, right? Uh-huh. And then the Rob Zombie Halloween. So that's three movies called Halloween, okay. right? But if they were going to say they continue the route... The new one was the new sequel. The sequel to the new one will be called Halloween Two, even though technically it's the third in that line of lineage. So it's just all sloppy. <laughs> they they got to come up with a clever little subtitle for it. Yeah, I think that's probably the safe way to do it. But like, it got to be better than fucking Resurrection or something fucking cliche is like that. Because like, if you actually look at Halloween Four, Five, and Six, the fourth, fifth, and sixth movie have the same subtitle as the Pink Panther 
films. No. Yeah, four, five, and six. Uh, the Pink Panther four, five, and six are called Return, Revenge, Curse. The four, five, and six of Halloween is called Revenge or Return, Revenge, Curse in that order as well. Wow, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was a like an accident, obviously. But then, like, how many fucking horror movie franchises have gone with Resurrection? You know Probably I mean? all of them. All of them, yeah. Um, Alien. Alien. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here, here's my thought. I think if you do it right, like McBride and the new Halloween, it was great. Yeah. There's no denying yeah. that. Um, I, just I, just, I want to rub it in your face. You give them all the credit in the world for it. No, though. no, no. I, I understand that there was a whole team behind it. But uh, if you do a reboot or a sequel reboot, I guess, in this, or like a weird <laughs> hybrid, right? If you If you do something, if you want to bring back a dead franchise... There's a right way to resurrect it, and there's a very wrong way to resurrect it. And so far, Halloween is the only one that's proven itself. To do it right. What's up? To do it right. To do it right. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's really rough considering everything between <laughs> that's, that's happened. Hallo- the, the original Halloween 2 and shit, man. Probably the end of like fucking the Rob Zombie ones, honestly. Yeah. There's a handful you can cherry pick, but it's very like subjective at that point. You know what's funny, though? Because out of all of them, I think... Halloween is the only franchise that had a chance to do both because it was rebooted wrong first and then they, <laughs> and then they had to come back around to do it right <laughs> oh man Rob yeah Zombie. man but like Nightmare on Elm Street let it rest man yeah. Friday the 13th it's, it's been sleeping and that's good yeah um, Alien I wouldn't know if I'd call it a slasher but that needs some time to breathe too because mm-hmm. we're getting saturated and all this crap man well, I'm trying to remember when the last screen came out. Let me look that up real quick. Because uh, it's been some time. I mean, Anything I don't know. Anything like 2013-ish? 2014? Oh, maybe a little later than that. Let's find out. The last screen. Because like I said, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I know it didn't do super well in the box office, which is why they haven't made another one. But it was okay. 11? 2011? 2011. Coming up on 10 years? Let's um, let's just kind of oh, God. tuck them in. Let's tuck. Think about it. We're almost 20 years away from 2000. Uh, yeah, nasty, right? Let's let's kind of tuck these monsters in the bed, and let's give some room for. Granted, it's not the same genre, but like for the Pacific Rims, these new IPs coming out and these new monsters, let's give them some time to flourish, man. Because you got guys, you got old military generals that are in their 80s, right? Mm-hmm. And they get the respect they deserve, but you got to realize you can't be top dog forever. This is true. You know, age is not something that falls upon all of us gracefully. We can't all be Steve Carell or George Clooney or guys like that, right? You you can't. Some people age terribly. Yeah. And there's franchises that accept it, and there's others that don't. Don't you, like, wish sometimes that... Not wish, but don't you think that... Aren't you envious of the time, like, in the 80s where, like, all these awesome slasher villain, like, v- villains came out and all these, you know, killers and stuff, like the Halloweens and the Fridays and all that? No. No, because it would have been ruined by the next movie in the following years. Not necessarily. I, I think, I think it would have been neat to see them for the first time. Yeah, but you can't discredit what what a golden time we're living in now. We're seeing a lot of good shit come up and flourish. This is a time of this is the, the the best time to get into music, either as a listener or a producer, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. right? And I think movie wise, you could say the same thing. You got a lot of indie movies popping up from smaller studios that are quality. You got all this stuff. That's that's up and Adam. It's just what I'd like to see it. Yeah, sure, but I'm sure it would the novelty would have worn off pretty quickly once we seen where everything was headed. Yeah, I think it's just a little bit of a bummer that we don't really get like the the quality horror movie 
you know, like that anymore. I mean, like the conjuring is like the only one that I can think of. Well, like paranormal activity, but that was like 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Like we really get that's gotten yeah. countless spinoffs. Now yeah. Too. After the second one, well, people like the third one. So I guess the third one is like the general consensus. But after that, the wheels kind of fell off of that too. You know, the conjurings have been able to keep it pretty clear. Well, think about it like this. I'm sure our kids will be like, man, don't you wish we were born in a time where we could have seen dark night in theaters? True. That's a good point. You know, like we're getting, that was the age of slasher. We're in the age of capes now. Yeah, that's for you know, sure. That's, I think that's a fair statement to make. This is the kind of, the the genre that's enveloping our kind of time frame right now. Yeah, that's a good point. And, um, you know, I'm sure there's many a thought. Like yours. <laughs> what's up? Like yours. No, nah, I'm just saying, man, you got to appreciate what, what we got. No, because sure. we still, we have love and respect for the movies that made us who we are, but mm-hmm. We we still keep with the times. You know, um, um, that's two. That's a, that's a Sycamore song, by the way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> did you know that uh, Brie Larson's got paid more than anybody else on the MCU so far? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Brie Larson, Captain Marvel. Big deal. You think that Chris Evans would get probably... Him and RDJ well, would probably he's, get big He's money. not on contract right now. Oh, he's, he's not? He's, he's on a film. Year? He's on a film-by-film basis right now. His contract, oh, yeah, I remember that. Actually. His contract is up. So he's just like, okay, fine. Good yeah. for him. Film for film is probably. But the yeah, RDJ, film. you would think would be the biggest. If not, maybe him. Hemsworth, maybe. I would say Hemsworth is up there too. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think it's really interesting that Larson's made probably the most money. Speaking of Chris Hemsworth, he's playing Hulk Hogan in a biopic. Love it. Yeah. I, I think, love it. I'm all in. I think it's an interesting, interesting choice. I, I think it's kind of funny that we're making a biopic of Hulk Hogan when Hulk Hogan's still somewhere in the Cali like, I need cocaine, brother. He's got, uh, he's got his own issues, but, uh, yeah, Remember, I mean, uh, fuck what was that VH1 TV show he was on? Hogan's uh, World. Uh, Hogan knows best. Hogan knows best. Yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> Stupid. I, I remember that one episode where they're like, "Hulk Hogan, you gotta stop eating red meat. You're gonna die." He's like, "Fuck this. Hogan loves red meat." <laughs> <laughs> it didn't go quite like that, but that's how I remember it. Yeah, it's basically you know you probably I think you summed that up pretty well actually. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, I guess a little biopic on Hulk Hogan's life. Love it. He's an interesting character as a wrestling fan. He's also a pathological liar. <laughs> you know. That according to Hulk Hogan, that he was invited to join Metallica. You know, <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. Like, we know that's probably a lie. That's a lie. But it's not that outlandish. Yeah, it is. Dude. I don't think it's that wild. Oh, man. I think out of wrestlers, I think he'd probably be one of my top picks. The fuck out of here, man. Come on, man. Nah. Are you kidding me? You don't want a guy with a mustache like that in Metallica? No. No. <laughs> what about? Oh, you think Kiss would be more believable if he was a member of Kiss? Yeah, I yeah. can believe that. Or there like more of those like hair bands. Like, yeah. I, I'd say Iron Maiden would be kind of believable. Yeah, well, because like, I can't believe we're talking about which bands fucking Hogan, fucking Hulk Hogan. I mean, you, you remember that? Um, fit into. I can't remember which album. It might be Highway to Hell, but you remember that ACDC uh, album cover where they're all like lined up next to each other and they're making like the. Uh... Yeah, that's how it. Yeah, imagine Hulk Hogan. No, there. back in black. <laughs> back in black. Yeah, I thought. Maybe that was Black Eyes. Back in Black. Imagine Hulk Hogan as the last member. <laughs> what the fuck is the <laughs> Anyway, I'm excited for a biopic. My only issue here is that why don't we have one of Macho Man Randy Savage? Because uh, he's dead as fuck. And uh, he's got very a very interesting story. And I think if you're going to do it, you would need to write it a little bit more delicately than you would a Hogan thing. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, because um, with the whole him losing his significant other... Uh, 
the whole potential rape allegations between him and Stephanie McMahon. You ever heard of that? Ah. Yeah. Now I remember. Yeah. Uh, there's that. And he was like a very interesting fellow. And like his family is very, or his family, his brother is very guarded of his legacy, of his brother's legacy. So like I said, it would have to be more of an elegant story. Man, you know what? Don't even give me a biopic of Macho Man Randy Savage. Just tell me where he hit all those fucking creamers. <laughs> you remember that? Cream to the top. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, you're right. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Yeah, it should be interesting. We're, I feel like biopics are kind of starting to spread up because we're getting the Mr. Rogers one. We're getting, well, we've gotten like two docuseries on Bundy and now we're getting the Zac Efron one, yeah, which yeah. I'm excited for. You seen the side by side with uh, Zac Efron yeah. and OG Ted Bundy? Yeah. It is creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. I'm yeah. excited, man. It's definitely creepy. But uh, there was another one that was out there as far as wrestling and uh, one about Vince. McMahon, mm-hmm. uh, he bought it up just so it wouldn't happen because the script. That's fucking hilarious. The script was fucking an that abomination. Hilarious. Yeah, so I wouldn't he, mind a biopic of like the Undertaker. He's an interesting guy. He's uh, he's actually not on contract with them right now. Yeah, I know. Uh, I heard he's real humble too. I heard he's like a he's a super nice guy. Uh, he's he's like what six seven? Yeah, he's a tall guy. He's like yeah, he's up there. Um, he's all about respect because obviously he's like the Godfather of everything right now. So, uh, but yeah. I just thought that Good was interesting. Stuff, man. Chris Good Hemsworth. Stuff. Is JBL still wrestling? No, he is not. Uh, he actually hated that guy. The I, last... think, I think that was the point, though. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, he was definitely the point. Um, I think we just, um, I forgot, like, last year or whatever the hell it was. It was, like, 10 years since we lost Eddie Guerrero. That bummed me out. Oof. Yeah. That was, I think oh. it was 2007, I want to say. Yeah, something like that. 2007, right? Because I was in grade school. Yeah. You were probably. Just entering high school, I think. Or no. No, you were just you were towards the end of middle school, I think. Oh. Right? You might have been eighth grade. Maybe. You might yeah. have been seventh, eighth grade because I was pretty young. I remember yeah. that. I was kids a, crying in my fucking classroom. It was, it was depressing. Yeah, it was real depressing. That one hit me hard. But yeah, so. You know what would be interesting, actually? Then this is where I'm going to leave it at. But I would like, um, and obviously this wouldn't be WWE, WWF, whatever the fuck they're calling themselves now. Um, I would like to see an expose on a lot of these wrestlers. How You remember that? Uh, I haven't seen it personally, but there's this expose on the football scene and how the uh you know like the the fucking work out there causes people to like lose brain cells and mm-hmm. concussions and all that stuff i'd love to see something like that on wrestling well they had a uh, a thing in like the late 90s it was called beyond the mat and essentially what it was was a guy making uh basically a documentary about what happens in the wrestling world um but from different perspectives so they had like mick foley when he was like in his prime you know prime years um and then they had like jake the snake robbers as he was like in his lowest point where he was like you know a drug addict doing like small barn shows in like nebraska and like these nobody wrestlers who were like hopefuls and stuff like that so it was a little bit of an expose i'm actually surprised because like there was some good wwf affiliation at the time i'm surprised vince let kind of let that let that happen interesting they had a uh, guy on it his name was um his wrestling name was draws um and they were like as he was getting signed and stuff but by the time the video was or the movie was being like shot he had already gone quadriplegic because he got dropped on his head holy shit yeah so there was um there's a, it was an interesting thing i don't know if you could catch it on the internet that's right but um but yeah i'd love to see that. something about like the guerreros the chris jericho's of our time mm-hmm. um you know there's a whole bunch of shit you could talk about i i know it's horrible i would be really interested to kind of get a deep investigation on the last days of chris benoit kind of like what happened in yeah. that exactly happened in that you ever read the uh like the wiki page on it yeah it's horrible Yep. Hardcore shit. Anyway, uh, moving away from kind of the depressing and <laughs> to the kind of 
enlightening. I'm glad you put this on here because this is something I've been wanting to start. Yeah. So we're going to commit to doing a movie a week and then we'll do a retrospective review. I think that's fair. Yeah. This is more about the franchise as a whole, though. Okay. What do you, you want to talk about? I know we come from different angles on this because you're... You take the the side movies into like canon, and I'm like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. There's no denying that the first two American Pies are the best. Yeah, and you know, whichever one you like better, that's on you. Uh, yeah. it's it's fair game. I think that you don't give the American Pie Presents a fair shot because there is some good movies in there, and I don't think they come even close to beating out what you know American Pie one or two did. Mm-hmm. I think they're still quality though. Okay, interesting. And, and so I'm not sitting here trying to preach to you like, yeah, Naked Miles is the best one. No, it's not. But it is a good <laughs> one shot of, well, it's actually a two shot because that connects with Beta House. But it is a good spinoff. I think it's actually a properly good spinoff. It retains the spirit of the original one interesting. with Stifler's cousin, Dwight. Interesting. So um, so I, 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 the last two weekends in a row, I have invested uh, myself to watching all of them or not all of them but the ones that the main ones the main ones one two three and reunion I have, well reunion is not on uh not on netflix right now so i haven't got a chance to watch reunion you know what it is yeah naked mile and uh yeah House. well this is this is what i'm getting at all right so i watched the first one mm-hmm. and you how, how how well do you remember the first one uh i think the america the first american pie i think i saw it when i was maybe six or seven years old man uh-huh. i grew up with that film and uh yeah, I remember it really well, actually. I think I've seen it enough times to have it kind of ingrained in the back of my head. Yeah. So um, let's kind of just go through movie by movie and kind of give our sure. overall, overall thoughts. And um, so I think one was this kind of a- attempt to, and, you know, you can look at it from two angles, but here's the angle I'm approaching. I think one was this attempt to almost break away from your typical high school rom-com. Yeah. Right. Because what American Pie did well was two things, comedy and raunchiness. Yeah. You got your fair share of titties and you got your fair share of pie fucking. And I think <laughs> being presented this like strange notion of like, yeah, man, you ever stick your finger in a warm apple pie? It's like so ridiculous enough, but so believable, still in the same kind of sense that you're like, yeah, I, I get it. You know, it, it's like, I don't want to say it's relatable, but maybe in a drug induced thought process, you'd get there eventually. Well, uh, the, the the way this is why I appreciate the American Pie franchise as a whole so much, because well outside you know they had the first scene where you know where Jim got caught masturbating by his parents right, I think we've all had a close call or two mm-hmm. right, um, but my favorite thing was is that after like he kind of explains the situation to Oz and the film opens up, and Oz was talking shit about the Lifetime Channel whatever and then Jim is like, hey man did you catch the Little Mermaid on uh <laughs> on TV the other night and he's like no he's like Ariel. So hot. Like, this is the type of conversations that me and my friends would have at the lunch table. At, like, school. 15 or 16. Yeah, yeah. At the lunch table at high school. So that's why, like, it just sets up the, the tone of it so well. And um, and like you said, it, it kind of hits off. There's three things. There's three components to this. Like you said, the raunchiness, which the first one isn't the, the worst. Isn't the raunchiness, yeah. no. Isn't the worst. They're, they had the moments that stick out are, like, the naughtiest titties. The naughtiest t- the whole gym and dancing thing and naughtiest titties <laughs> thing. Uh, the cum in the beer in the beer oh, and that Siffler yeah. drink, which was fucked up. Uh, so there's that um, the comedy the fact that you know like you said Jim fucked the pie and just kind of their overall bashings of each other and uh, also the, there's like a surprisingly like 
a decent amount as a franchise as a whole. As like a lot of heart in these movies, right? Oh, there's a ridiculous amount of heart for this kind of movie. Yeah, definitely. Because there's like the conversations that Jim has with his dad. I love Jim Levenstein. Yeah, uh, and his dad. Protect potentially how um, you know how those conversations like evolve and how his dad's like kind of. When you see <laughs> the, the, the whole, <laughs> you know, a man and a woman. Yeah, do you know what a clitoris is? And by the end of it, <laughs> uh, he's like he was more subtle, and Jim appreciated that. Like, there's that whole kind of story arc. Um, Kevin and Vicky kind of trying to fi- navigate yeah. their relationship a little bit. Uh, and at the end coming to like kind of the conclusion that this wasn't going to last forever anyways. Uh, so I thought that was nice. Um, the Finch sir kind of growing up from this like nerdy little high school getting beat down kind of dude to, to, to like the legend. What they call him the shit stain or shit stir? Shipwreck. Shipwreck. Yeah. And then to becoming this total badass. Yeah. This legend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, um, and Stifler, of course. Well, Stifler, Stifler pretty much stayed the same the whole entire franchise. But um, that minus like near the end. But uh, and then uh, you have Oz, who kind of like started off as kind of this jockey brute and kind of became like the sensitive guy. This, I think, is an interesting kind of um, dynamic amongst all of them. And like I said, um, among your group of friends, you knew who you were, like in the American Pie crew. Um, and that's why I enjoy it so much because I just like straight up it reminds me of the type of conversations that we had in high school just some of the things that they talk about the warm apple pie thing and well, we all had that one place that we all hung out at you know after school when we went to go yeah. eat they had dog ears and we had like the McDonald's you knew that one kid who uh, who got a blowy from a college girl and wouldn't shut up about it yeah and, stuff like that yeah. Um, yeah that whole fucking uh, gym dancing in front of the camera thing is so fucking ridiculous good. love it and uh, when uh, Nadia takes off her underwear and Trench is like oh Holy shit. <laughs> and everybody in the room is going, holy shit. Oh, man. Yeah, that, the first one's a classic. It sets up the world. Now, I did notice uh, something about the quality of the filming. It's like, really dark. It's really like the quality. It's like it's grainy. It's dark. I think it was supposed to be. Yeah, I was telling Adriana, I'm like, it's kind There's of just... Some, a- it has that 90s camcorder feel. Yeah, like, definitely. Like, you know it's professional equipment, but it doesn't necessarily feel like it. Yeah. Uh, so... That's why I, I enjoy the first one. It's probably my second favorite of all of them. It's just so fucking funny and like it's so extremely relatable. We all had that one kid who lied about the girl that he slept with and stuff like that getting this put on black. Yeah, yeah, that and uh, yeah, man, the first one's a great one. But now let's go ahead and two. Sweat. Let's go so talk. Is two your two. favorite one? Two is my favorite one. It is also my favorite one. There's awesome. a lot to be said about two. Um, here's the thing, man. In my kind of like upbringing, uh, there was two things that were like really common in the area. It was. One, there was always like a beach trip. And, you know, if you grew up around me, it was like two times a week beach trip type of shit. Mm-hmm. We always went out to either Montrose in downtown or we went to like the dunes, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of relates to me on that okay. essence. And then the other big thing was that like the Wisconsin trip, you know? Yeah. Like uh, like after prom, we always went to Wisconsin or this and that. And that kind of brought in the cabin portion. So yeah. I, I get this kind of home away from home feel. Yeah. Like the cabin for a summer or whatever. What you want fuck you want to call it? Uh-huh. Yeah, man. So, so uh, this one I think emphasizes Stifler a little bit more. I think uh, the first one Stifler was more of a background character, kind of having the kind of the stupid one-liners that were fucking phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he was more of a side character. This one, obviously, he gets kind of ingratiated, integrated into the the main crew. Uh, not, not by uh, not by any other choice. <laughs> yeah, not by any other choice. But uh, yeah, he kind of gets involved in that. He has a little bit more of a story arc. They pull back a little bit on um, the Kevin Vicky thing a little bit, which is, I'm just cool with because, in my opinion, in the first American Pie, it was probably the most boring story arc. They covered all. some ground. They covered what they needed to. Yeah, they covered what they needed to, but it wasn't wasn't the most interesting one. Um, and you know, Jim and the whole Michelle thing, which is actually I think is beautifully written because she was kind of setting him up to get with Nadia, and uh, Jim kind of realized, wait, wait a minute, this is not 
Yeah. This is not what I want anymore. I want somebody like that. Um, they told a great story with her, you know, once after and they the get, flute. Yeah. It, well that, and they get into the whole fake argument and then she gets in her car and she kind of looks back and you can kind of see it in her face. She's like, ah, oh, I kind of enjoyed spending all that time with him. Kind of a deal. Uh, it's just the, the being able, uh, what's it called? Super gluing his hand to his dick. Like oh, that's yeah, classic, fucking phenomenal. Uh, man, there's just so many good moments in the in the second one that just cracks me up. Fucking uh, Finch starting to moan while he's watering the ficus, and then <laughs> Stifler's like, "Stay the fuck away from that ficus. That's a just free ficus." <laughs> that was good. The lesbian scene was great. Yeah. Was like, now your turn. Yeah. Wait, what? I gotta put my hand in yeah. Stifler's ass. Yeah. No, yeah. That. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's good stuff. And um, my wife broke out a line from American Pie two earlier this week, so I was at my in laws. We had uh, we stopped by a, like a local burger joint and brought food over, and we were eating. And she pulls out this what's it called? Um, this cherry soda. I'm like, what the fuck, did you get that from? And she looks at me dead serious. She's like, Finch's ass, <laughs> which is a line from Step Where When he finds, he's like, oh, I found the dildo. And Jim's like, where'd you get this? She's like, Finch's ass. <laughs> so uh, way funnier than than it needed to be, but. Yeah, man, I enjoy it. The, the second one, like, it just has so many. The music is a very, very important part of this. Let's talk about that real quick. The music fucking nails that that, that feel. Yeah, the feel. What's in, you know, kind of what those kids are thinking, what they're going through, and all that. So, um, it's very important in, in the franchise as a whole. But especially, especially the first two, I think, is super important. Man, God damn it, they had Blink One Eighty Two in the first one for crying out loud, uh, before they were fucking mega stars. So, I think it's interesting. Uh, two is my personal favorite because because it makes me laugh so goddamn hard still to this day. And uh, yeah, two was good. Two was really good. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Have you seen any of the other ones? Yes, I uh, saw a wedding. Probably my least favorite out of all of them. Out of the main storyline. Yeah, uh, probably my least favorite. Uh, not bad. But uh, it had some good gags in it. It definitely pulled. It definitely yeah. It definitely <laughs> pulled uh, Stifler even more forward. And Kevin was like background, way, way back background noise in this one. Finch got a little bit more personality. We become the he became the whole Finchmeister thing. That was funny. Um, Oz wasn't in it at all. He just skipped that one, I guess. Um, like I said, not my favorite one. Uh, I think it, that was more on gags and less about the story, Cause like the whole pubes thing and the whole <laughs> stripper stripper thing, and that was great. All that. Um, still good though. Definitely funny. Definitely has its moments, but not my favorite for sure. I don't know if you have any other opinions on on the rest of them. Uh, on this one, have you seen any of the other ones? I saw Reunion. Uh, what about the presents? I have never seen any of the present ones. <clears throat> well, when you watch them, we'll talk about them. Yeah. So. Uh, I told Adriana last night because my wife insists that she hates this movies, these movies. But yesterday we were watching them. And I'm like, okay, put on two, and she's like, okay, puts on two. <laughs> like, All right, let's let us watch re- uh, wedding. Okay, and she puts it on. I'm like, yeah, I don't think. And I was telling her this. I'm like, I think honestly, I think you you, you like these movies because a lot of I don't want to say a lot of my uh, humor comes from it, but like that style of just kind of blunt. Like r- r- like ruthless, <laughs> ruthless uh, aggression to your friends and just being like cold blooded to your friends and saying some like ignorant ass shit just because it's funny, um, comes from c- comes from that yeah, yeah absolutely comes from that kind of vibe. So check out uh check out Naked Mile and then Beta House. I think those two movies kind of retain the uh, the feel the meaning the meaning of uh, American Pie. They're most closely related. You feel? Um, well, Naked Mile is about the four high school seniors. One of them being a a stifler, but he's kind of like the awkward stifler. Like he doesn't do like the dangerous dumb shit that all the other stiflers do. Okay. And they don't even call him stiflers, the whole like thing. Mm-hmm. But he kind of goes to like this college party and he kind of, you know, realizes a lot of things. But those two are directly related because it is uh, the same three, four people. Two-parter? So. Yeah, it's a two-parter. So Naked Mile Beta House. I think those two kind of retain the, the feel 
Okay. Of the OG American Pies. And there was Bandcamp, which I, I, that was probably my least favorite out of the bunch. Book of Love, solid meaning, but the way we got there, I didn't really enjoy it. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, maybe I'll check those out. And maybe we'll the talk. watch, man. Yeah. So, overall, pretty good, though, the, the rest of those, the, the Presents ones. I like those two the most, but, yeah. I would say that if you're in the market for a raunchy comedy, yeah. I think this is your go-to. It's the way to go. Uh, I love American Pie, honestly. You know what's, what's like, awesome? You know what's, what's awesome, up? though? What you need to go? You need to go on Amazon right now. They have the first four films available on Blu-ray for $17. Unrated. Ooh. Unrated. Good stuff. I ordered that shit last night. Had to. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Because I know Netflix is going to take it off eventually, and I'm going to be mad because I'm not going to be able to watch it every weekend. Yeah. Oh, well, what you going to do, though? Yes, sir. So... Oh, like Hulk Hogan reference. That's three. Yes, sir. <laughs> Let's jump down to gaming. Yeah. It's all you, buddy. All right. So, actually, P- yeah, this is all you. <laughs> so, PS Plus and Siege. So, I guess if you sign up, I think this has another week lasting on this. If you sign up for a year of PlayStation Plus for like the next couple of weeks, you actually get Siege for free. Cool. So I thought that's good. I thought that get was some interesting. more players into the yeah, a little more players into the base. I'm trying to get fucking Phil to hop on. A, well, they just had their free weekend two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, I love it. So I, I need more friends. Lots of good things coming, man. Yeah, I think there was this kind of decline where I lost interest when Apex was out and stuff. But yeah. now seeing the trailers for the new ops, I'm like, okay, back to the forum. This is this is the love of my life right here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now I, I'm still playing Apex. I'm still having a blast with it. Don't get me wrong, but. Um. Yeah, I think Siege just kind of came. Apex is like the side bitch. Yeah, I'd see that. Um, no, nah, they don't not necessarily say it won't become more of a serious relationship, but right now she's the background, and we have a, a, a the main love interest. So Jake's speak. really out here fucking two bitches at the same time. Yeah, synchronized swimmers. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool to mention. Cool, now, cool, cool. let's go ahead and talk about these ops real quick. Have you got to play one any of them yet? Uh, they're not on the test servers. They were only available at the Montreal Convention. Oh, okay. So that's what's up. But uh, I, I will give you kind of a review. But yeah, so we got Mozzie and Gridlock. And so one's Defender, one's Attacker, kind of yeah. in the same vein as all the other seasons. Um, Minus uh, Parabellum and uh, who else had? Oh, and um, Chimera. There we go. Yep. Uh, so I think there's one op that we're like, yeah, and the other one's kind of meh. So let's talk about Gridlock first. Gridlock yep. is this big Aussie defender. Man, she is massive. They're calling her Big Ronda. Big Ronda. <laughs> yeah. Talk about you can manhandle me any day of the week. Yeah, um, and she will. <laughs> so so here's the name of the game. She is a, a trap attacker. Yeah. I'll let that sink in. She'll drop these little, uh, what do you want to call them? Like spike spikes, mats. Spike, spike mats. Down, yeah. And they'll like self-multiply, and you get three of them, and then they could cover a massive amount of area. Mm-hmm. And here's why this is the game changer. First of all, and we, we kind of spoke briefly on this because the release was uh, six days ago on the Sunday, right? Yep. It was the day right after our podcast. Yep. But uh, so here's how it goes. You drop them down, and literally the worst case scenario, the worst, absolute worst case scenario is you hear the gunshot just trying to destroy them. Yeah. And they do 10 damage per, per step, and they won't down you. They'll kill you. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculously powerful. Mm-hmm. That is ridiculous. Yeah. That is anti-roamer. That's anti-diffusal. Anti-flank. Anti-flank. Think about it. They have so much fucking viability, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to constantly, like, spin around your character to check your flank. Yeah. It's brutal. It's going to be brutal. Yeah, she's 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 definitely the, the stronger of the two. Uh, definitely. And like you said, anti-flank, anti-diffusal. You get that bomb down, you throw it on there. They man, you could die honestly, and by the time they reach the bomb, they won't even have enough time to defuse. Yeah, it's definitely it's yeah. definitely a problem. It's gonna be a lot easier to hold that that bomb down on yeah. attack. Now the boss, I think she's gonna be kind of one of those defenders or attackers that 
uh, people are like, she's got to go. You know what I mean? Like, she's got to go now. Before she's going to be like the Clash? Yeah. Well, like, now we have a very hard counter to Clash aside from Nomad. Because Nomad can knock her back. Yeah. But Gridlock will fuck her up. Yeah. Ruin her day. Yeah, definitely. Especially with the whole pushing thing. And she could throw them. Like, she doesn't She doesn't have to plant them into the ground or nothing like that. She could throw those mats and l- literally keep a Clash out Here, and lock her out. Here's my prediction for Gridlock. When she drops officially on all platforms... There's going to be this massive, and you know, this is kind of for all new operators, yeah. but there's going to be a massive jump in her, her play rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to stay high. Yeah. And I don't think gridlock's going to go away. And so I think once people realize that gridlock should be your third pick right after your Thermite Thatcher. Mm-hmm. Or Habana. Yeah. Yeah. Your Hard Breacher, your Counter Op, and then gridlock. Yeah. Especially if you're playing Bomb. They're going to nerf her, and they're going to give her one less gadget. They're going to give her less time, or you can knife them, whatever it may be. This operator in the early weeks, months, whatever you want to call it, is going to be ridiculous. It's going to yeah. fuck up your siege game real yeah. good. It's going to be bad, definitely. Uh, but It's yeah. going to be the good kind of bad. No, the absolutely. good kind of bad we need. Yeah, a little bit of variety because I feel like, um, like, like you said, you know, a lot of these new operators, I feel like some of them, uh, when they come out, there's that initial excitement, like a clash. And then you see them wane off pretty hard. Like uh, even like Maverick, man, there was just so much movement behind Maverick. And then I feel like now I'll get a Maverick every once in a yeah, while. Definitely. Unless I'm playing them, you yeah. know, which I love playing Mav. Me too. Uh, but um, like you said, they kind of fade away. Like I feel like a month or so. Yeah. Like the Jackals of the world. There was a lot of excitement about Jackal. You don't really I see got it. a buddy that plays a nasty Jackal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you see a lot of these kind of new operators kind of like an alibi. It, it's once you get to play the operator enough and the novelty wears off, you realize that I'm really good with X and Y operator. Maybe I don't necessarily need this. Yeah, but I feel like every single, um, every release has one that's like that that lasts longer than the other. You know what I mean? Like Mira shits all over Jackal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Lion. Lion over well, Lion over Finca. You do see some Finca. She wins a lot. Yeah. Uh, Finca's fun to play with, yeah. but I feel like, well, maybe not so much now after the nerf. But yeah. Um, who else? Motherfucking, uh, like Maestro. Maestro over Alibi every time. Uh, Alibi is fun, but Maestro is definitely going to Maestro's take king. Maestro's fucking king in that one. Clash over Mav, Clash, unfortunately. Clash over Maverick. Um, you know, there's always the one that I think that people... That sticks out more. Yeah, it tends to lead towards. Now, I think right now what we're not seeing is a whole lot of Caden Nomad. I haven't seen a whole lot of Caden Nomad out there. I don't know why. Maybe it's just maybe it's just the PS4 crowd. How is, what is your experience with the Caden Nomad? Um, I think it's this mentality that everybody has to be on board mm-hmm. for the, and I'm speaking strictly Kate because I'm rather indifferent about Nomad. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, she's handy, and she was that Clash hard counter for a bit there. Yeah. But now that you got Gridlock, it's, Nomad's going to be one of those novelty operators. Her weapons are phenomenal, though. Yeah, the ARX and the AK are great. Mm-hmm. But it's really what can you do with that kit. And if you're not seasoned... You know, the right way, you're not rubbed down with that steak seasoning. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to do much with her. Yeah. She's not, I don't want to say she's not friendly for new people, but you're not going to be able to take full advantage unless you're on point with your cluster charges and you're dead on aim with your... She Yeah, she takes a lot. I think right now she's going to be suffering from the whole gridlock because gridlock does everything she does but better. The only thing Nomad maybe has is some range. The range, with her, yeah. With the, with the ability. Yeah. But that, you know, that doesn't have the ability to kill unless you fly him into a claymore. Yeah. And even that's a bitch to do. Yeah. So she's going to be on the back burner, kind of like Capital was for a, for a little bit there. Yeah, he's coming for back, different though. reasons. Yeah, they, they give him some increased range. Uh, but now, yeah, 
Good luck's going to fuck the game up. Good luck's changing it. Yep. Other new operator, Mozzie. I think this is a creative idea. Absolutely. And I think this is going to be one of those things where initially people are going to be like, eh. Yeah. We're going to see it really shine in Pro League. Like yeah. I feel like that's where it's going to take shape and kind of really form the nice strats we've come to know. I feel like um, when it comes to, um, what's it called? Uh, casual, people don't value the information aspect of the game. No. Nope. Uh, they really don't. But when it comes to the competitive, that's half the battle is the information. So I, I don't I don't even drone on casual unless it's down to two or three of us, in all honesty. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think it's... I think it's kind of, like you said, maybe not on the level that we play at, but Pro League. Here's what I'm most excited to see. I'm most excited to see somebody take over a Twitch drone and then start popping Claymores. Does it do Twitch yes. drones as well? Yes. Oh. And then it'll ride around and pop somebody's Claymore. And then you go around and flank because they didn't realize the Claymore's gone. And it's awesome because it, you could put it in a place where a Twitch drone won't be able to re- catch it until it's too late. Yeah. So uh, on the surface, it seems like... A pretty solid idea. Yeah. But like I said, there's only so much you could do because it's very subtle at the end of the day because a lot of the casual players are going to be like, well, I can see their drones, I guess. It's like a doki on defense, right? But a lot of these pro players, a lot of these diamond plats and, you know, the uh, oh, pro players, like I said. Yeah. But they're going to be the ones that are like, this is valuable. Yeah. We need a mozzie. Yeah. Mozzie should be pick number five, but nonetheless, there should be a mozzie. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, I think that's a, it's a definitely a good choice because, like, right now, you see a lot of Mira. You're always going to see a lot of Mira because she's, I think, yeah, outside, unless Mira's banned, you should expect to see her every round. Yeah, because she's, uh, she changed the meta, like, entirely. Um, you know, you see a lot of that. And obviously, you have, like, your, you know, your mutes, your docks, your, your mutes and docks, staples. Yep. yep absolutely. Your uh, smokes, which mm-hmm. are great. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think that, like you said, I think it's really going to be the, the tell of a uh, person's skill level on how well they can use a mozzie. And, well, because think about it. Advantage. Even if you get a Twitch drone, right? You could finagle your way behind a Monty. And yeah. Zap him a couple times. And then if the Monty's not, you know, hard as iron and he starts panicking, turns around, clock him. Yeah. I think there's a lot of kind of... I think mozzie has a little bit more uh, viability and variety in the way he could use the gadget. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, man. With that, I mean, I, don't, we have, I didn't get a chance to really put it on the agenda, but they also st- put out this fantastic little CGI trailer or for thatcher and doki, for that, that thatcher one? doki yeah that is excellent i love it everything yeah. about it is great yeah that's a they get you, you get a little bit more of the personality uh, me and gabe talked about it a little bit uh I, I told gabe i thought it was kind of funny how four years into this game's life cycle they decided to do stuff like that <laughs> and of course the, the, the bio the bios are there but who really reads the all of them well i got a buddy that loves them no i'm sure he does but uh tell, but there's you know few and far between that's definitely. uh four yeah four for today yeah. um <laughs> and uh yeah that was a van one by the way yeah i know but you don't tell me I love it. I love everything. It's what, Hammer and the Scalpel? or Hammer and the Scalpel, yeah. And it, it really shows, oh, man, I love it, because Thatcher's such a badass, yeah. man. I, I feel like he's easily one of my favorite operators. Mm-hmm. And then you see Doki, this kind of gentle, delicate tech, kind of... Tech savvy, yep. Yeah, if you would have waited two seconds. We don't fucking have two seconds. Yeah. I love it. I, we need more of this. We yeah. really do. Because, I definitely, yeah, I agree. Because me and my buddy, we play, you know me, I play Thermite. Thermite's my favorite operator, hands down. I, I have the fucking gear at home. Anyway, right? Not, not the charges, but the helmet and the glasses. Okay. But I feel like we need a Thermite Thatcher video of them just pounding around and shooting. Do what fucking. I want. You know what I really want? What? I really want not them pounding around, but them absolutely fucking hating each other, but <laughs> needing each other to be to do the job correctly. But that's, that's the beauty of it, though. Yeah. Like, you know, because 
Thermite Thatcher is like a fat kid in cake. It goes to all so perfectly. Yeah. We need that video to drop. I think that'd be interesting. What else could we do? Um, fuck. It really depends on the dynamic here. Yeah. But Capkin and Finca, because they got some beef too. Yeah. Mm, the, I think there's a lot of interesting options. Knife to the do. face thing. Um, you could do like a, maybe like a Valkyrie and a Doki thing. Kind of them kind of interact and be like, stop messing with my shit. Kind of, <laughs> kind of a, kind of a deal. And she's like, well, get better security. You da- you asshole or something like that. Uh, yeah, I think there's, there's plenty of opportunities we can have. Out it, there. It's fun. And I think it kind of brings a new side to siege that we haven't really seen. Yeah. Cause you know, you could read up on all the lore you want, but at the end of the day, it's kind of what you want to interpret it to be. Yeah. Uh, I think I think I, I mentioned this in the in the the chat. I think it's important that the lore is presented to you that you shouldn't have to dig it out. To be fair, Ubisoft did have to fix this fucking game first before they were dropping lore. Yeah, good there point. Was, there was a time and place for this, mm-hmm. and it may be a little bit late. I would have liked to have seen it last year around this time, like Chimera time. I think would have been yeah. good, kind of to the point where Siege is playable. It's fun, and you got all these new players hopping on base. But better late than never. Yeah. And I, think I appreciate I, it. Well, Chimera kind of started that with the whole infection thing. Well, I think they kind of showed these guys' personalities a little bit. So it's not like, you know, this is the first time we've seen it, but I think we need more. For I sure. think this is the first time it's at the main front, and it's really well done. Because there's issues with Breakout, and there's some people who love it, hate it. Mm-hmm. I got a friend that'll die by Breakout. but Outbreak. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Outbreak. Yeah. Subliminal criminal. That's yeah. life. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, you got any closing thoughts on no, Siege man, I as just a whole, like, the new ops? No, nah, I'm just excited. I think Keep it's on been... trucking, man. Ubisoft's goal is what, 100 ops? Yeah, did you see the, did you see the map yet? The new map? Yeah. I have not. It, oh, it, no, I have. I lied. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. It's definitely interesting. Like I said, I think you said it has a garage feel. And the, yes, we talked about this yeah, last week. Yeah, you nailed that. Uh, they're, they're doing different colored lights, so there's going to be a red light for motel and like a blue light for garage or whatever, and then like, I think a green light for the third part. Yeah. And I think that'll change it up a bit. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. So yeah, this is something I wanted to talk about. Moving on. What do we else? What else we got? Okay. So Anthem. So this is uh, EA's next cash cow that they thought that was going to be fucking phenomenal. But I'm hearing now. I haven't played it now. No, no. So you could take my opinion as a grain of salt in this one. With a grain of salt. As a grain of salt. (laughs) All right. Uh, I just think it's funny that this is another IP by a great company like Bioware that EA's got their hands on and they thought that they needed that they needed this. EA needed a winner here and it's kind of getting a lukewarm kind of reaction to it. Now, it's funny cuz this is a, a dual meaning double kind of a thing. This game took 6 years to make. All right. Holy shit. Yeah, 6 years. Uh and from what I'm understanding that the story is very bare. And not a whole lot there. Also, um, that the loot—it's—it's it's a shoot. It's a looter shooter, right? Yeah. So, what's what's important in a looter shooter, Gabe? Shooting and looting. Yeah. So why why is the loot so bland? Bland and minuscule. Angry Joe's review. He said that my person did not change their physical appearance at all from when he started the game to when he finished it. Oof. Yeah. You know, what game does that, right? Borderlands. Yeah. The looter shooter. Yeah. The, even, the yeah. Gu- even the guns were fun, bro. Yeah. I mean, even Destiny did a better job at that. And Destiny so, was a... Uh, I guess the real question isn't whether you should buy it or not. I think the question is, how fast can EA ruin six years of progress and development? Uh, six months? Yeah. Six months? Yeah. If that. If that. Well, now, I don't know. It might last a little bit longer. It wasn't a total shit show like Fallout 76. I, I'm just feeling... I feel like it's already kind of in the back. I feel like it's background noise already. You want to know why? Why? Apex. Yeah. 
why would you spend 60 bucks on Anthem when you get a free experience with arguably more content with Apex? Yeah. And come on, what's everybody streaming now anyway? Yeah. Apex. Definitely. Siege. Now. A little something in between. Not to say that the game doesn't look phenomenal because it absolutely does. It's fucking beautiful. It's very lush and beautiful looking. But, and of course, six years of development should do, should do that. doesn't mean it always does, but it should. Um, but I just feel like this was a game that I felt like immediately when I saw it, I felt like I, re- I immediately got flashbacks of Destiny when I saw it. And I feel like it's, it is one of those games where it's kind of half-baked or half-done or not done to its fullest abilities. I guess we'll see. Yeah. We can't really say much on it right now, but it, a, a true test of a game's worth it's how long it lasts. Yeah. Siege. We just spoke about it. It's four been years. what? Four years. Four years. And it's going stronger than ever. Yeah. Diablo. Those games last like 10 fucking years apiece. Yeah. Overwatch is still going Overwatch strong. is still going strong. you got a lot of games. The shit, there's still people playing fucking Dark Souls. Yeah. All of them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to be said about games that stick it to the expected time time, rate, time frame. Excuse me. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the only way we're going to know. Yeah. And I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I, I guess it's just gonna be uh, observations from here on out. Yeah. So that's my my little my, tip. Uh, that I, I think my next game is Division Two in <laughs> three weeks, and we'll get a review going on that. Oh uh, god. Hey no, man, it's free. Another one that's a leader shooter that kind of that, that hopefully does it better. <laughs> you didn't play the first one. I did. <laughs> You're in for a shock. All right, moving on. So, oh, that's that's games. We're done with games then. Very cool. Let's talk some. Mo- Music news and reviews. What do we? Can ta- I say this every week? Why can I? Why am I slipping on it? What? What did we talk about for the last hour? <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, we kind of went on some spiral right Yeah. There. All right. Yeesh. Um. All right. So I guess we'll start with the ten song set list, right? Very cool. I got my ten. You got your ten. I, think I do. It's gonna be pretty straightforward. All right. So you want to go first? Or I want to go first. I'll go first. Uh, we're gonna open up with the bird and the worm. Fucking great track, and I feel like okay. that'd be a good pump song. Uh, going into pretty handsome awkward. Blood on My Hands, number three. Liar, Liar, number four. Take it away, it's number five. I Caught Fire is six. What you looking at? Keep going. Cry is seven. All That I've Got is eight. Blue and Yellow is nine. And Taste of Ink is the closer. Huh. Kind of interesting mashup, but... We, we got we got a little bit more variety than we thought, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. So I open with Take It Away because to me it's the, the ultimate op- opener for them. But yeah, so I open up with Take It Away. Uh, I Come Alive. Love it. Taste of Ink is three. Uh, put Me Out. Uh, box of uh, sharp objects. Did you have that? I did not know. Wow, how did you miss that? Pretty handsome, awkward. The bird and the worm, and right in the middle, uh, or near the middle. Buried myself alive. All that I've got, and now that you're dead, close close out my set. I had a little oh. more vulnerable than you. Copy uh, that. Did you have any vulnerable on here? Uh, I don't think I did, man. I stuck to a lot of like artwork and uh, the album prior. Oh wow. I think that, I I think that kind of shows that uh, what what we kind of lean towards yeah. in regards to the used. Interesting. So, yeah, maybe not as uh, uniform as we thought. I think if we had a little more room, we p- would have probably had what the other didn't. Yeah, you're probably right about you know? that. No, I'm you're sure right if we did 15, it'd be like a one or two song difference. Yeah, that's true. But what I, I feel like when we, if, if we were to, to jump into 15, it eventually it's just us scrambling. You know what I mean? Like, if this, this is Yeah, clear. we're just trying to gather the yeah. nuts on the ground. Yeah, cl- clear. Well, it's already like late November and the fat squirrel's like, oh, shit. Yeah, where it's clear and concise. What if we keep it at 10, I think. That's why I like it. Good copy. All right, let's talk some good news. So yes. when we started this podcast four years ago... One of the first stories we covered, like episode three or four, something like that, we covered uh, the Ghost Inside's terrible, terrible accident Yeah. Uh, in late November. Yeah. So now we get the return of the Ghost Inside July 13th, 
they're playing a show in Los Angeles, California. And um, I, man, I, I like almost can't believe it. I, yeah. really, I really can't. It's kind of weird to me. Did you, um, would you have been, okay, I think this is a stupid question, but I think it's very obvious. Would you have been shocked if they just never played again? I don't think anybody would have blamed them, honest no, to God. not at all. Because, man, you go through shit like that. Man, I'll stub my toe and the next day I won't want to go to work. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't yeah. blame these guys. It's terrible. But I keep up with Vigil on Twitch. Yeah. I think he's a very interesting guy. And um, so he does streams on Fridays. And when the show was announced, it was a Friday. And I was like, all right, I'm hopping on. I got some questions for the man. Here's what he said. And I think it's very admirable what they're trying to do here. He said, it's a one night only, quote unquote, because they're not trying to sell tickets. They don't want to sell it out. It's a very big venue. They made it so that if you want to come, you can come. Okay. And he said it's called one night only because they're going to go up there. They're going to do their set list and they don't know what's going to happen the next morning. That's fair. Vigil has a fused ankle. The drummer's missing a leg. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fucked up shit that happened to these guys. Like one of the guitar players lost like half their foot or. Yeah. There's a lot of shit that happened here. There's a lot of surgeries that went through. Yeah. And the, the bass player. Now he used to be the the tour really? manager tour manager for Urvana. He used to be. Did was he, did he go through? Because I never like when I come hear about the stuff that happened to him. Was he okay relative to everybody else? I'm not entirely sure. I'm have to look that up. Jim, a Jim, Jim, James Paul Riley. Yeah, yeah, James Paul Riley. He he hopped on the, He's doing okay, man. He's looking better than ever. Because I think when I think when they did the AP whatever awards and they had them walk out and it's the first time we've seen them all together since the incident, he was the one that looked fine, like he didn't have crutches or. I'm not too sure what he went through on that bus. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to undermine it. I'm just it's yeah. just something I, I I wasn't sure if he like suffered some severe injury relative, like yeah. I said to everybody else, but um yeah man that's that's beautiful thing man. So that's what Vigil said. He said it's one night only because we don't know if we're physically able to. Yeah. He said, there's no way we're doing 30-day tours anymore. Yeah. But he left it at this. He said he, he said two things that I thought were really admirable. He said that I don't want the ghost inside to end after the accident. I want to end it on my own turf. Fair enough. Even if it is only this one show. Yeah. We give it everything we got, and then we, we call it on our terms. Yeah. And the other thing he said is that if we're not able to tour and we're not able to do this, the very least, at the very least, what you guys get is an album because they are going back to the studio and they are going to write a new album. Okay. That's fair. And I think that's that's beautiful, man. Yeah. I think that something like this would really like ruin you and fuck you well, up. Well, I make think, you I think they had the, do it anymore. they had the opportunity to go through all the spectrum of emotions when it comes to this. I think. Man, did you see that? I don't know if you follow Vigil on, on Twitter, but he, he tweeted this once and it really kind of hit home. He's like, I'm happy for a lot of these bands like straight from the path and stick to your guns. And a lot of these up and coming bands that we grew up with make it. But at the same time, I'm really upset and I'm really jealous about all this. And I was like, wow, that's like, that's honest. That's, uh, that's human is the yeah. only way you could put it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't really know what to say about that. I get it. I yeah. totally get it. I mean, we can't blame them for feeling that those things, you know what I mean? Uh, for somebody who was in a band that was extremely popular, was only getting better. They were just hitting their stride. Yeah, only getting better. And to kind of have something like that, the, the rug pulled out from underneath them with this horrible incident. And, um, you know, having to go through, all, like I said, all the spectrum of emotions that comes along with that. They've had time to digest everything that's happened to them. And uh, I think, like you said, what's striking to me is he's like, my terms, not, I don't want the last time the ghost inside it's not ending with the bus crash. It's, not, it's yeah, ending with this comeback show. Yeah. At the very least, 
they're going to have the probably the, one of the biggest shows of the year, I think, easily. Um, I think it's going to be the most emotional show of the year. Uh, so, yeah, I'm planning to go. You're going to try to go? I'm going to try and go. That's the plan for right now. When is it? July 13th, Los Angeles, California. That's going to be crazy. You got to get some good footage on that or something. Yeah, that'd be, that's going to be good. I'm already like... Yeah. Like emotionally heightened and shit. Yeah, no, it's gonna be I, wild man. It's yeah. gonna be a good show. Yeah, and, uh, if it happens, I, I will be, very proud to say that I was there. Yeah, definitely. Um, man, that's that, that's <laughs> that show is gonna be fucking bananas. It's gonna be waterworks. Yep, that's just gonna be crazy. Excellent, man. Well, I'm glad that they're back. Even if, like you said, even if it's for the one show. Um, yeah, they man. Des- they deserve more than that. Fuck so. fate. We're doing this on our terms. Yep. essentially. Absolutely. And that's really admirable. Really respectable. And it's it's really weird to think that one, there's been this much time between the two big events in the Ghost Inside, and two, that we've kind of done this podcast for as long. I mentioned in the beginning, I was like, it's wild to think 107 episodes. We've literally watched them go through this, and and it's funny because they got a phoenix on the tour poster and kind of rise back from the ashes. Yeah, it's awesome. And um, I'm excited. Awesome, absolutely. Uh, and awesome. the whole medical community should be excited. Absolutely. Um, all right, all right, man. So I'm glad that they're back in. We'll see them. Hopefully, you'll see them soon. Cool beans. Let's talk some Keith Buckley. Um, <laughs> he's swinging hard. Did Just, you hear the single by any chance? I have. It's really good. I, I like d- it. Yeah, I enjoy um, it. So, he, uh, do you guys remember the damn things? I, I do. Think we all kind of forgot about them. No, I remember them. There in the background. Uh, it's a super group, essentially, with a guy from Anthrax, some dude from Fall Out Boy, Boy, Keith Buckley, and yeah. some other members. Some new yep. members now, too, sprinkled in. Yep. Kind of cool. And they dropped a new single called Cells. It's really good. It's proper rock and roll. Yeah. It's, it's more of a straight up rock 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 song, which is awesome. You know, uh, I think Keith Buckley and uh, Scotty and from Anthrax had their fill of metal, metal vibes. I think there's rock and rolls you could get right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I enjoyed it, man. It's a good song. Now, when the damn things originally came out, they weren't my favorite group, but they were. I enjoyed them. They were know? right. Yeah. yeah. I prefer the guys, individuals, like individual projects more than this particular one but i think it's good uh i think it's probably the best song they've had yeah oh yeah definitely um and uh even my wife's like i'd listen to this i'm like yeah so (laughs) (laughs) so i was pretty stoked about that um because my wife has mixed feelings about every time i die but for whatever strange reason (laughs) (laughs) you kidding me yeah she's weird uh but not her favorite but I'm excited. I think they're going to come up with some good music. And now, they're not my favorite. Has map change saved on <laughs> iTunes? But, um, yeah, yeah I, I'm actually looking forward to this. Yeah, and you know me, I take every time I die nine times out of ten over the damn things, if not ten times out of ten. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this single though, man. It's proper, and it's kind of almost like a nice break. Yeah. Because you listen to, to metal, metalcore, and you know you go down the rabbit hole for so long, you kind of need to be pulled back up. Yeah. Every once in a while. Um. So we discussed last night. Um. About this every time I die album. Because it was projected for 2019, but they're on tour with Coheed and Cambria, which is nuts. They're awesome. opening That's for awesome. it's Coheed and Cambria, and who else? There's another band. Mastodon? Yeah, Mastodon. Mm-hmm. Mastodon's headlining. Coheed and Cambria's second. No. Other way around? Yeah, Coheed's, Coheed's headlining. Coheed, Coheed is like 30 times bigger than Mastodon, my man. Honestly, <laughs> it could have been the other way around. I would have been surprised. Mastodon's got some quality stuff out yeah, there. but Coheed's way bigger. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And they're, they're opening. When's the last time you heard of Every Time I Die opening for somebody? Fall Out Boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. All right. Before that. Yeah, that's always been a while. Yeah, yeah. it's been a while, right? Yeah. I, I understand the follow-up boy thing. That's just uh Yeah, that's a, that's a vibe yeah. thing. That, that's like... Uh, you can't have follow-up boy play right after every time I die, everybody would lose their fucking minds. Well, I was looking at it from the opposite perspective. I, I would say follow-up boy is much bigger because... 
like radio music and yeah. you know there's a lot of factors that go yeah. into this mm-hmm. i don't want to just attribute it to that but yeah but uh fuck where are we going with this oh so so do you think in your semi-professional sem, semi-casually professional opinion that we're gonna get an every tight uh, die album in 2019 wait, wait can you can you recap what, what you just you said think you're dropping an album this year <laughs> as every time i die no 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 uh i think after that tour with mastodon i think he's the whole damn things is going to be around for about a year. You think they're going to drop an album, maybe? Yeah, this is this or single an EP at least. Yeah, this single isn't coming out of nowhere. This, it's it's the foundation of something. Uh, I think they're going to go maybe on a tour for about a year, year and a half, and then uh, Keith is going to be like, you know what? Uh, let me get together with my my buddies from Buffalo and uh, we'll do some crazy shit. So you know, I I kind of have the opposite opinion here because these guys are really good at multitasking, and there's a lot like Jordan. He he draws. That's his thing. He cranks a lot of artwork, and granted, that's something you could take with you. Yeah, Andy wrestles. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so that that one's a little bit rougher, but he does make time for both every time I die, and you know the butchers of Buffalo is a little wrestling team, and Keith, this writer, two bands, whole whole bunch of shit, daughter, everything. He's mm-hmm. got the whole shebang, right? Mm-hmm. I think that if not late this year, early twenty twenty. I it's funny that you say that they multitask. Yet we have yet to see them balance simultaneously two music acts. Now those other things. Those uh, are, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean like, it's not like those two things go on at the same time. Every time I die, isn't doing anything right now, so it's easy to do a damn things, the damn things thing. Sure. Now they're going to go on the tour with with Mastodon. But but question also right, what if? They were in this. Well, Keith with the damn things. What if they were in the studio before uh, to the season? I don't know. Maybe was there a dead time in between? Also, you had to. Keep there there mi- was a yeah. There was a couple weeks. I wouldn't doubt it. You definitely have to keep in mind that there's other guys in this band. Yeah, it's Anthrax, yeah, sure. little band. You know, you probably have heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> they play some gritty garage. Shows, yeah, they play but, some uh, some good basement shows at some point. I'm sure, uh, but. Probably yeah. the best basement shows. Yeah. Uh, Anthrax is a little, you know, they're, they're a little bit of a beast. They call them, they're part of the big four. They're in the same fucking lineage as Metallica. Kind of a big thing. Um, Fall Out Boy, kind of a, a big thing. We'll uh, see, I guess. Arguably, Every Time I Die is, would be the least prioritized amongst those guys in, in the group. Now, granted, Keith is the vocalist, but... Like I said. Yeah, I guess we'll see, though. Yeah. Because um, they did say that after this Christmas show, they're going in the, the studio. And shit, I don't know. They might be in there now. They might not. Maybe. Who said that? Who said they're going in the studio? Keith. So the vocalist for the damn thing says, I'm going into the studio after Christmas? Well, it was on the Every Time I Die Twitter. <laughs> okay. So. Fair enough. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to be fair to yeah. kind of both sides. Like, they might be in there now. They might not. Because think about it, you you write your album in a couple weeks, and then what is it? Mixing, mastering, producing, marketing. Yeah. You know? And these guys can crank out music. They've been doing it for 20 years. True, true, And um, I don't know. That's just kind of my opinion. I think if not late this year, then early next year. Well, the only reason why I'm saying is that the whole balancing thing is because it's been eight years since the last time we heard heard this group. Probably misses those guys. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess. I think it's fair, man. We're going to get it regardless. And I told Maddie, this is a band worth waiting for, like the Mulan song. You know, like a like the, a gal worth fighting for, but a, like a, a band worth waiting for. They can take their time. Does it make sense? Yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like. I wouldn't be upset if the if it came out twenty twenty. Is what I'm saying. You know, you I'm not trying. You I'm know, not out here um, trying to push them or anything. That scene from Space Jam when Michael Jordan arms reaching out. Yeah, is that, that's how hard you reach right there. For the okay, whatever. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> All right, moving along. Uh, this is you. 
Okay, so uh, this is actually on my anticipated list for 2019. And Dead Ships, a local Chicago band, dropped an album Friday night. It's called DOA Dead on Arrival. What is your thoughts on Dead Ships? I like them. I think yeah. they're good. I do too. We saw them open up for Beartooth at the Bottom Lounge. Mm-hmm. And I haven't. I actually haven't seen them since, now that I think about it. It's Me been three either. years. Um, wow, really? Fuck. Yeah, man. It's been three years since that show. And that show is in March, so mm-hmm. it'll be three years in a couple weeks. We reviewed that show. Yeah, we did. All right, so let's talk about this album. I listened to it. Did you get a chance to listen to it? I have not, no. All right, good. Because um, I kind of want to talk. I want to take the forefront of this review. Okay. Um, have you ever had, um, either recently or maybe as a child, have you ever had steamed veggies? Yeah. Yeah? Um, here's kind of my thought about this album. It's like steamed veggies. It's it's healthy and it's good for you at the end of the day. And that's how I feel about this because they kind of take a... Yeah, go ahead. Is it healthy, good for me, and I'm, and I'm going to hate it? No, I don't think you're going to hate it. Because that's steamed veggies I, to I me. actually think... I think you might like this album a bit better than the last one. Okay. Here's what they do. They... Uh, I don't want to say they ditched the whole metalcore vibe because they don't. They really don't. They do a lot of these songs in... in the opening and closing tracks are what you would expect out of a band like this. Okay. There's a lot of songs in between that are that's like hard rock infused with metalcore roots. They do still do screaming. The guitar work is still very riffy. And that's the thing I love about Dead Ships. There's two things I expect from Dead Ships. Nasty licks and Kyle's fucking great vocals. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, kind of solidified their first album for me. A lot of these in between tracks are are really actually kind of quite pretty. And they take your basic kind of rock fundamentals and they infuse this metalcore vibe into them. And I think it's a very interesting approach. Mm-hmm. And what what does anybody say when you ask, how do I get my band, my podcast, my work bigger? How do I get it noticed? What, what, is, what do people typically say? Keep at it. Uh, consistency. Next one. Stand out. Oh, yeah. Stand out from the crowd. Yeah. Like I said, they don't ditch the metalcore roots. In fact, they embrace them. But this kind of Rocky twist is good. Yeah, wrong Rocky. Oh, okay. You want to count that as six? (laughs) (laughs) Sure, absolutely. And uh, and here's the here's the thing. A lot of these songs are uh, what I'm going to call radio ready. You uh, and here's it's not inherently a bad thing. I don't think it's not inherently a bad thing because they are still quality at the end of the day. I think this album is is this album is if you like. If you go into Starbucks and you want something like, like a like a fruity lemonade, you ever have like a fruity lemonade? I'm, I'm, I'm having my hands up yeah, right now and I'm trying to formulate some thoughts. You're like a, a crab. I'm like Zoidberging right now. Yeah, there you go. That's why Jake's laughing. Yeah. But you remember that uh, motionless and white ice nine kill yes. talk we had? How one is like yeah. mango tea and the other one is mango infused. Tea. Yeah. I think this is very much in the same vein. I oh, think if you, tea. sorry, oh, <laughs> because I, well, I thought I think that was a, actually a really good discussion we had. Yeah, uh, and that was on the horror aspect. And mm-hmm. I think if you look at kind of the genre aspect, and I really do hate genres at the end of the day because if you like it, you like it, right? And but you know we're humans, we got to classify things somehow. If you go into this wanting a dirty, grimy, nasty, filthy metalcore album, something like Polaris, maybe you won't be happy. If you go into this wanting dashes and flavors and production values of a metalcore album you come out with it pretty satisfied and overall i enjoyed this album i'm happy to say they're, they're from chicago we can you know kind of brag a little bit because there's, cool. there's been a lot of good stuff coming out of here lately and kind of standout tracks hopeless collection dead on arrival the title song um check it out man i don't think you'll be disappointed i think you'll in fact like it i'll check it out i will give it a very solid seven
Seven. That's like the third seven you've had this I year. I know. Dave. I know. I, I, well, here's the thing. I don't think I review albums that I dislike, <laughs> to be completely fair. I think I'll review an album and give it something terrible if it's like a bigger band. Interesting. Overall, I think everything that kind of falls into our laps up to this point, with the exception of maybe the Bring Me the Horizon album, <laughs> has been pretty decent. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I, I, I don't got any complaints about anything else. Interesting. Check it out, Dead Ships, and uh, that's all I got to say about it, man. It was quality. Thank you, guys. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, cool. So what else we got? I put this on the agenda. Ah, this is I saw one. this tweet. You did? I saw this tweet. Yeah. Uh, who tweeted it? Mike. Mike Shinoda tweeted, stop trying to guess who the next, who the, the replacement for Chester Bennington is. Yeah. And there is kind of a lot of frustration in this tweet. Yeah, he was pissed. And a lot of emotion. And... You don't do that. First of all, you don't fucking do that. This is a. This isn't like a. Oh my god, I love Linkin Park thing. I want them to do. This is a respect thing. Yeah. When you lose a guy that you've been probably best buds with for thirty years now. Yeah. You don't ask who's going to replace him. Yeah. You don't do that. It's it's not even so much as the the vocalist of Linkin Park. It, you, His friend. You yeah. don't ask who's going to replace your friend. Nobody can replace your friend. Yeah. Or let alone your best friend. Yeah. Definitely. So. Uh, so obviously this came out. I guess somebody kind of interviewed Mike and asked him like, "Well, what's what's going on at Lincoln Park?" And his basically he's like, "We're not looking." He's like, "But if something comes across organically, something happens where we feel like maybe this person would be a good fit uh, moving forward, you know, then maybe we'll do that." But basically, you know, the internet they took this, they chopped up his statement, cherry and, picked every last yeah, word out of it, every word, and it created this kind of wave where like, "Oh, who's who's going to be the, the replacement?" And like you said, Mike had a very, I don't want to say strongly worded, but I think that's probably the, the best way to put You could, You can feel the frustration it, in his it, words. It's, it's the best way you could have done it while being both stern yeah. and respectful, yeah. honestly, because yeah, that dude's got the patience of an angel, man. Yeah, he's uh, basically, he's like, I didn't say that. This is not what's happening. If something happens, sure. If not, whatever, basically. Um, and now I think it's an interesting time to kind of address the future of Lincoln Park uh, because with that statement coming out of Mike's mouth uh, in regards to being open to somebody potentially one day walking in if it fits organically. Um, I think it's entered Mike's head uh, probably more. The seed has been planted. Yeah, more often recently than it probably had prior. Because I think it's very easy to, after what happened to Jester, you know, that I think it's very easy to be like, that's like the very least of my priorities now, right? Throwing it back at your head. We've had some time to recover from that. You know, he's done his other projects, and I think um, communicating with the other guys, I think they're all kind of starting to they look around the room, kind of starting to shake their heads at each other. Maybe not essentially accept anybody right now, but yeah, at least kind of start to come to terms with the idea. Yeah, because Lincoln Park, it's not a band at the end of the day; it's a force. Yeah, it really is. They've been kind of doing this for a while. They know what they're up to. Yeah, it's it's been a movement at yeah. the end of the day, and I get it if they call it quits. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think they should. That's just my opinion. That's your opinion. Okay. Uh, I, you see, because my, my initial kind of jump to be who would you know replace a Linkin Park vocalist would have been, oddly enough, Chris Cornell. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, we know that situation. Yeah. Right? And um, yeah, he would, it's hard. It's really hard. He would have killed it. Yeah, he would have done a good, a good fit. Because I don't know if you ever... Because I saw them tour together, Chris Cornell and Linkin Park. Was it ridiculous? It was fucking phenomenal. Uh, Chris Cornell came out for crawling and... Psh, he blew that shot out of the fucking water, man. But yeah, like you said, that we don't have him anymore either. So, but I, yeah, man, I don't think it's fair to, to the band. Uh, I don't think it's fair to Mike to kind of start throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Let them figure it out. 
That'll figure out for themselves. If they do find someone, it's probably better than anything you or I could imagine. Yeah. Because I think um, outside of the fact that the this new individual would have a tremendous shoes to fill, uh, I think it's a very delicate line that even if they could find somebody, does that person really want to step into that, that spot? You know what I mean? Because there's a lot... Like you said, Lincoln Park is, is is very big. They're a very big band. They've been a very big band since basically since their inception. Since ninety eight. Yeah, so uh, I think it's very hard to. Uh, it's like the uh, Joaquin Phoenix situation. Yeah. You have this opportunity to play the Joker, but people always remember Heath Ledger. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, not. It's kind of the same situation here. Yeah. So um, I don't know what's next. I think uh, now. Like I said, it's a very fine line because it's a very delicate conversation that you would have to have. And I'm not going to even try to put myself in Mike's spot because I'm not there. But uh, being a fan so long my whole life. Um, Feels like you're there. Yeah. Um, I just wish that whatever decision that they make that everybody's satisfied with that that choice and that um, that we're not doing it to uh, because they feel like they have to. What do you think would upset people more if they just called it quits or if they found somebody to replace? Uh, I think it depends. Question, I think right? it depends on the replacement. You're not going to satisfy everybody, no. no matter who you get. That's a good point. But I think uh, it really depends you on. You bring back Johnny Cash from the dead, and people will still be like, this is "Trash." Yeah, I don't know. I think it's very. It's a very interesting question because I think all of us, as as a community, as a Lincoln Park community, uh, have kind of accepted that there's a good, very good chance that we'll never see them on stage together again like that. You know what I mean? I think um, for me personally, and this is when the whole Chester uh, tribute show happened, um, I got emotional near the end because I'm like, there's a very strong chance that we'll never see. Like this is the last time Lincoln Park yeah, is performing. That we'll never see these songs played ever again. So um, I don't know. I think it's a very interesting question moving forward. Um, I just, like I said, I just wish, I, I want them to take their time with this if they decide to move forward. Tread lightly uh, and yeah. uh, take some time to think it over. Yeah, think it over and um, don't hop into the situation because they feel pressured to do that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, they're all up to something, man. Yeah. These guys don't sleep. No, definitely not. So, um, I just wish them well. Wish them well. With whatever How do you think uh, Mike Shinoda would be as a movie director? Mike? It's oh, interesting, huh? How, how much do you think you could extrapolate from his music into like movie form? Well, he's a very creative guy. Obviously, he does the art, all right, the artwork. But I mean, let, let, let's let's kind of bring this back down to earth. I'd say you and me are pretty creative guys. Yeah, to to an extent. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think. You'd probably be more creative than me musically, but I'd be more creative writingly, if you want to call it. I think it's fair. I think think that's a fair statement to make. It's just, you know, it's just kind of a thought that came across my head. How much do you think you could? I think think, uh, if Mike were to do something, I think it would be something that, just kind of how he is, how he operates, I think it's something that he would... He would do it because he loves to, not because he needs to. He or needs, wants to. He wants to. Yeah, because that's just like kind of because like you look at the guy and it's so funny because he's like, I don't get anything tattooed on me because after a week I hate it. I'd hate it. <laughs> that, that that's why he, he said that. He's like, even if it was my own artwork, he's like, after a week, he's like, I would hate it. So he's always on to the new, the new and latest and the greatest. So huh, I don't. Interesting. I don't know outside of music because I think even him, he goes back in time a little bit. And it's just like, why did we do that? You know what I mean? Uh, he's just constantly, so yeah, he's just constantly moving, right? So uh, I don't know. I think it's interesting, uh, but we won't have an answer to that question until, as far as yeah, what, what? Hey, maybe that's something we should do. What do you mean? Kind of crisscross uh, greats. Like, Wait. like if you think Tarantino is in a band, what kind of band do you think he'd be in? 
A ska oh, band. So, so you're telling me you're creating a new game? Gabe? Perhaps. So, I'll, I'll, I'll sleep on it. I'll let you know what I come okay. up with. Okay, yeah, let me know. We'll talk about that. We'll definitely talk about it next week. Uh, whose band pick is it this week? Is it mine? Huh? For, for, for the 10 Yeah, it's yours. Ooh. I did the used. Who does Gab want to pick? How did you feel about that, by the way? Because I know maybe, I don't know if the used is necessarily up right up your alley, but it's probably a side oh, street. You okay, okay, yeah. so excellent. So, because uh, I know it's a little bit of a change for me, you know me. Maddie saw, um, they did a two album tour back to back. She saw them live. That's awesome. Yeah. That was good. Bert McCracken was just fucking a firecracker on stage. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Um, now, for me, every time I listen to the used, I'm like, fuck, I love the used. That's just something that I, every, <laughs> every time I do it, I'm like, god damn, these guys I, I think it's funny because I think you said the same about Yellow Card, but you're like, man, I really love Yellow Card. Yeah. And the used, fuck, I love the used. Yeah. And it kind of describes the situation yeah. perfectly. No, definitely, because. Uh, I what forget. was the first used song you heard? Out of curiosity, "Taste of Ink." Nice. Yeah, "Taste of Ink." Mine was definitely "Bird in the Worm." Okay, yeah, I saw "Taste of Ink" on. I think M- that came across at like MTV. One yeah, point. I saw "Taste of Ink" on MTV. Uh, so yeah, that's "Taste of Ink." Cool stuff. It's man. the first one that I remember, at least. I'm probably, I'm sure, I heard something in passing, but going into hot topic or something. But yeah, uh, so yeah, so it's you. Who do you got? Who do I want to give up for the ten song set list this week? Hmm. I think there's. Uh, I think I feel like you ever feel like we're missing the band. Every time I do this, I'm like, "Fuck!" I probably should have said this instead, and I don't remember. But that one that we stayed away from, I don't know if it's intentionally or what. Does it bring me? No, we done that. We've done Did them. We? We've done them. Um, I think this game might have been close to starting with "Bring Me the Horizon," if I recall. We haven't done "August Burns Red." Let's let's keep that uh, on the back burner for yeah, a little bit. That's why I, I feel the same way. I'm gonna switch it up. Let's do a ten song set list for Cage the Elephant. Oh, this is that. Then I'll have to discover a whole discography. I think you'll like what you discover. Okay. I would say start with the first album and go up. Okay. God damn it. I got a homework assignment. Because normally it's very easy for me to do this. I'm like, oh, I have an idea. You already have the first five. Yeah. I I don't know anything about that. Yeah, man. Um, Maybe that's something we should do. Just kind of throw out a little different genre in the same kind of ballpark. Fuck it. Let's do Little Wayne. (laughs) No, fuck it. <laughs> I got my five. <laughs> you don't right. know who you're fucking with right now, buddy. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. We we could do that. Cage the elephant. I you're, think you're gonna have to remind me like multiple times this oh, week. Oh, I will. That. Good. Uh, yeah, man. Should be fun. A little bit different. Um, that's the good thing about the broadcast. Yeah. We cover a lot of things. Curse the Carly dog. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, hold on. We got certified bangers. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. Oh, you have certified bangers. I do. I do have certified bangers. So. My daughter has taken a supreme liking to Bullet for My Valentine, so I'm on that rabbit hole again. I am keep going. I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm not going to get into it because I think I might have talked about it already. You talked about Alexis on Fire last week, Familiar Drugs. Finally got to the song. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so that's one. And where did it go? Hold on. I had something. Where did it go? Oh, shit. He lost it. No, here it is. I'm sorry. So I talked. I texted you earlier this week about a band. Uh, Year of the Knife has their new album come out. It's called Ul- Ultimate Aggression. It just fucking rips. So I haven't um, been able to like break down track by track yet, so I haven't have like a full review. Maybe next week I'll have one. But oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, <laughs> we're rocking and rolling right now. Yeah. So that's really my certified rankings of the week. Apparently, you don't have any. This I week. guess Bro Job dropped a single this week. Check Sweet. it out if you like Bro Job. Sweet. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Uh, we've gone on for an hour and a half, and I think you guys are sick of hearing us talk. Quite frankly, I'm sick of hearing us talk. That was the Second City Kids back podcast. We'll be back at you next week at 108 with 108. All right, for those of you who don't know, due to the my amazing audio engineer abilities, the end of the show got cut off, and my computer blue screened had the blue screen to death. But it looks like your boy was able to 
copy facially and- reconstruct most of the show. <laughs> yeah, we, I was able to copy, copy and paste this shit back into place, and I think I've officially upgraded myself to an all right audio engineer. <laughs> all right. All right. So, yeah, that was the Second City Kids podcast. Before my thing freaks out again, we're going to go ahead and say deuces. <laughs>